0: Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. Well, today we're going to talk about why Jesus really came. This week the world is going to shut down. I mean, even Myers is going to close. I mean, that's a pretty pretty big deal. The stock market, the financial industry, schools, offices, everything's going to shut down. Everything's going to be a little bit different. And it's because of something that happened on the other side of the world 2,000 years ago. In fact, even our calendar is based off the event of Jesus' birth. And I want to talk about why is it a big deal? Why is it special? Why is it important? Well, the reason is it's because it is God reaching to humanity. Reaching out to you and me. Literally, every religion is man reaching to God, trying to get God's attention, trying to appease God. Where what Christianity is, God is not man-initiated. Christianity is God-initiated. Christianity is God reaching down to man. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. You know, and we can think about that in a general sense, that God loved the world. God loved everybody. But as Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he says that you have loved them, speaking of you, even as you have loved me. God loves you exactly the same as he loves Jesus. And if you were the only person in the world, Jesus would have come to save you. Now Christianity, of course, is built on two supernatural events. There's two foundations. One is the Incarnation. Literally, it's called Emmanuel, God with us. That God came down and was born as a human being. And the second being the resurrection. And it took a special, supernatural, love-motivated event to redeem you and me. Now, I want to be very, very simple in our, in our talk this morning. But why is a 2,000-year-old event relevant to you and me. And why is it important? Right? Well, first, if, if Jesus is not who he said he is, there is nothing more trite or trivial than Christianity. But if Jesus is who he said he is, there is nothing more important in your life, in my life, in this world, than what Jesus came and did. Now, is he who he said to be? The Messiah? the Redeemer, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, there are 300 Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah, about the Redeemer, 300. Um, What happened was there were some theologians and some mathematicians got together. Now, you know this is going to be great, theologians and mathematicians. They took eight of those 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, all of, by the way, These were prophecies that he could not have had any effect on. In other words, they were things that were done to him. For example, to be born in Bethlehem, to be called out of Egypt, to be a Nazarene, to be pierced while he was on the cross, to be of the tribe of Judah. They took eight of them. And they ascribed a likelihood or a value to each one. And then they calculated the value or the probability of all eight, just eight of 300, just eight, of those eight things happening to one individual, right? they came up with this answer, 10 to the 17th power, which I'm not a mathematician and meant nothing to me. All right. Probably means nothing to you. Sounds like a big number. All right. They said, this is what it means. They said, if you were to take the state of Texas and cover the state of Texas with silver dollars two feet high, all right. And then take one silver dollar, paint it red, and hide it someplace in the state of Texas. And then take an individual and blindfold them. Twirl them around. Let them go. And they could only pick one silver dollar. The odds of Jesus fulfilling those eight prophecies is the same as that blindfolded person picking up the red silver dollar on the first try. Is that amazing? Jesus is who he said he is. He, why is it important? It's important because God came to earth. Now, one of the things that Jesus came to do was to show us what God's like. Now, in most people's mind, God is in heaven. He's up there. He's all-powerful, and he's mad. He's got a big fly swatter. And he is waiting for you to blow it. And as soon as you blow it, he's going to get out that fly spotter. He's going to go, this is what you deserve, you bad person, you. That's what people think about. But Jesus came to show us what God is really like. And God is not like that at all. In fact, they brought to Jesus a woman caught in adultery and said, The law says, Stone her. What do you say? And Jesus said, well, whoever among you is without any sin, let him cast the first stone. And then the Bible says that Jesus, he, he knelt down and he began to write with his finger on the ground. And then it says that people begin to leave in order from the oldest to the youngest. Now, the Bible does not say what Jesus wrote, but I think I know. How many of you'd like to know what I know? All right, Jesus wrote down dates and addresses. And then he looked at people and they left (laughs) from the oldest to the youngest until nobody was left except Jesus. And he was sinless. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You see, God is not up in heaven mad. God is on your side. God is for you. And God is a forgiving God. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. He might destroy the works of the devil. It was in, it's in Luke 2 where the angels appear to the shepherds. And they say, we bring you the most joyful noise. No, noise, excuse me. News. I mean, no, most, no, most noise just is news. I mean, most news is noise. That's what I mean. But he, they said, we bring you the most joyful news ever announced or ever heard. And it is for everybody. The best news that you will ever hear, the angel said, is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that God has come down and become a human being. He's done this because he loves you. He's done this in order to redeem you. You know, at the end of World War II, they had V-Day, Victory Day. That was great. You know, in the 1969, they had a man walk on the moon. That was great news. That was a great day. But God coming to earth, that is even greater news, right? He said this, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. You know, you cannot have peace without first having peace with God. Then you can have peace with yourself, and then you can have peace with others. But God left heaven and became of human being. It's in Colossians 1. It says, Christ is the exact likeness of the unseen God. the translation, he shows exactly what God is like. That's what Jesus came to do, number one. He came to show us exactly what God's like. Now, Jeannie and I uh, lived in Mexico for, for several years. We've traveled quite a bit. Uh, when we lived in Mexico, we went to the pyramids and not far from where we lived was the the, the town of Tula, where in the past several centuries ago, the, the Mayans uh, had a, a huge complex where they worshiped. And as you drive down the highway today, right along the side of the way, there's these temporary shelters. and it really is just to get the sun and the rain off the people. and're in the, you, you stop, and, and they're selling copies of these ancient deities, these ancient gods, they're little idols right? That are copies. And, and let me just tell you about them, all right? They're ugly. All of them are ugly, right? I've been to Africa, been to South America, been to Asia. I have never seen a good-looking idol. Every idol is ugly. And you say, why? Because people have a ugly, perverted, distorted picture of what God is like. And listen, the most important thing about you is what you think when you think about God. The most important thing about you is what you think when you think about God. Because the way that you think about God will affect every area of your life. And most people really believe that God is old, that he's ugly, that he's mad, and just waiting for you to step out of line. But Jesus is the exact Representation of God, He shows us exactly what God is like, and God's not mad. God's forgiving. The Bible says God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. That's why Jesus came. He came to say this, right? When Christ, well, Philippians two, verse seven, it says that He, Jesus, emptied Himself, and He emptied Himself of His power, His glory. His dignity is innate deity, and he assumed the nature of a servant and became a man like one of us. He appeared in human form. In Hebrews 10, it says, This is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, It wasn't a sacrifice, an offering that you wanted, but a body you prepared for me. So Christ is coming into the world. He's about to leave heaven, and he talks to God as he's leaving heaven to be born. And he says, God, it wasn't all those sacrifices of bulls and goats and lambs that you were looking for. He said, but you prepared a body for me. He says, and I've come to do your will, O God. Now, how many of you weren't talking to God before you left heaven and before before you were born? You You began to exist, all right, at conception. You began to exist. But Jesus didn't begin then. Jesus existed for eternity past. It is God Himself who became a human being to redeem us. Now, He came and He was born a human being. Now, I think about this. I think that you and I would have come in a different way. First of all, I wouldn't have wanted to have been born to a peasant family in a barn and put in a feeding trough. I would have wanted to be born to the emperor or a king, or I would have come at halftime during a Super Bowl. You know, I would have wanted to come some spectacular way, all right? But that is not how God decided to come, all right? He came and was born a human being. He came as a baby. And you say, why? Because people are not afraid of babies. He did not come to scare us. He came to redeem us, all Right? Nobody's afraid of a baby, so he came as a baby. Now, last week I was reading in the book of Psalms, and in Psalms 56, I came across this. It says, this I know, that God is for me. The reason he came is because he is for you. He's not against you. He's for you. He wants the best for you. In fact, God said, the life that I have for you to live, he called it the good life that he prearranged and made ready for you. He could have come in a way that was spectacular. He could have come in a way that scared people. But he he came as a human. He was born. He had to learn. He had to eat. He didn't have a halo. He worked in his father's business. He was tempted. He suffered. He was lonely. He got tired. And listen, he understands exactly how you feel. He understands what you've gone through. He understands the problems and the temptations. It's in Hebrews 4. It says, For we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So he understands how you feel. And we talk about the Christmas season, the time of of cheer and joy. But the truth is that more people are depressed at this time of year than any other time. The highest time for suicides is during this time of year. And the reason, well, one is, the, is grief. We look back and we think about years past and there's people that have died that aren't with us now. There's broken relationships. There's grief. There's depression as people look at their life and they say nothing has changed. I thought this year was going to be different. Nothing has changed. Everything is just the same as it was. Nothing's ever going to change. They're sad. They're lonely. But no matter what you feel, Jesus understands exactly what you feel. He came to show us what God is like. And he came so he could understand us exactly. So we know that he understood us. That he had felt what we had felt. The reason for Christmas, we often say, is Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. And, And I understand that, but that is not true. You are the reason for the season. Jesus came because of you. He didn't come for his benefit. He came for our benefit. He came because he understood that we needed him. We needed him to show us what God was like, not not mad, not unforgiving, not distant, right? Jesus taught us that God is loving, that he's forgiving, that he has a plan for you, right? He came to show us how to live, yeah. You know, certain things you can understand from nature. You just look at nature. How many of you saw sunrise this morning? Oh, my goodness. One of the most beautiful I've ever seen. We can look at that and we can say, Wow. God is powerful and he's creative. He's intelligent. He's organized. He loves beauty. He loves diversity. We can see those things, all right? But we can't really know God by nature. The way that you can know God is by looking at Jesus. And he said, I've come that you may have life and that you may have it abundantly. He showed us that we can trust God. You know, you can't trust somebody you don't know. But he says, you can get to know God and you can trust God. You can look at me. He came to forgive us of our sins. The wages of sin is death. Not just physical death, but what the Bible calls the second death, an eternal separation from God. You know that he became a man, the Bible says, so that he could take away our sins. That's why Jesus came. So he could take away our sins. So our sins would not separate us from God so we could be right with God, have fellowship with God, be a part of the family of God. It cost God. He had to leave heaven. He had to become human. He had to go through all the hassles that we go through, all the pain, the suffering, rejection, betrayal, the crucifixion, being lied about, mocked, spat on, whipped. Had to be born in that stable put into a a feeding trough. Why? Because he loved you, right? He loved us so much that literally it is beyond our capacity to understand how much he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave. He went to the cross. Jesus said, there's no greater love than this that you lay down your life for your friend. The reason for Christmas is you and me. It was for our benefit. And Christmas is not about Santa. It's about a Savior, because that's what we needed. We needed a Savior. I was talking with my son-in-law this week. Now, he's a pastor in, in Grand Haven, he and my daughter. And uh, he's, what you going to preach about? And I gave him, you know, a little bit of what I'm going to preach about. He says, well, I'm going to preach about socks. I said, socks? Yeah. He says, you know, since I married Stephanie, you know, I think it's seven years ago. Yeah. He said, every Christmas, you give me socks. He says, and it is not what I want. He says, but every year I find out it's what I need. You know what he's getting this year? Don't tell him. Socks. He's getting socks. Smart little socks. I don't know. Jeannie's got this thing about giving socks. Okay. So he said, it wasn't what I wanted, but it was what I needed. You may not realize that you need a Savior. You need a redeemer. You need somebody to take your hand and put it in God's hand. You need somebody to reconcile you to God, to pay for the sin that you've committed, the penalty, so that you could be right with God, so that you could have the abundant life that God wants to give you. In fact, in in Ephesians, God calls the life he has for you the good life that he prearranged and made ready for you to live. There is no life like the life he has for you. We may not have understood we needed a Savior, but that's what we needed. We needed a Savior. And again, it cost God. Jesus fell on his face in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he said, God, if there is another way to redeem people, do it that way. Do it that way. But there wasn't another way. It's in Romans 3.20 where it says this. It says, no one has ever been made right with God by being a good person. You know, that's what we want to do. We want to we pay for ourselves. We want to do it right ourselves. That rich young ruler, he came to Jesus and he said, what good thing must I do to have eternal life? But you know what? No one has ever been able to earn it on their own. It's in Psalms where it says, the price for your redemption is too high. It is impossible that one would pay for themselves. You owed a debt you could not pay. So Jesus came and paid a debt that he did not owe. So he could take us and reconcile us to God. He showed us God's love. He showed us the way that God is. He showed us what God's like. He paid for our sin. He broke Satan's claim over our lives. He reconciled us to God. He made salvation available for all of us. The angel said, in this news, it is for everybody. You can become a child of God. You can become a friend of God. The reason that you were created, the reason you're here, is for you to be in right relationship with God. And Jesus is God's gift to you. But it has to be received, has to be open. Unopened gifts do no good. Right? They're worthless. Now, I'm going to tell you a dirty little vanderclock family secret. Yeah, here it is. Jenny buys Christmas gifts all year long. Whenever she finds a good deal and thinks about saying, oh, so-and-so would like this, she buys it, wraps it, hides it, and forgets where she hid it. We find them two, three, four, and five years later. (laughs) Now, here's the crazy thing. That thing you buy for the four-year-old five years later, no good. No good, all right? Those gifts that are not open are worthless. And God's gift to you, if you do not receive that gift, it's worthless. It does not matter that God loved you, that Jesus came and died for your sin and my sin. It does not matter if you don't receive it. The Bible says in John 1, 12, to as many as receive him, to them he gives the right to be the children of God. See, it's for everybody, but it has to be received. And if you don't receive it, it's like one of Jeannie's gifts that she hid someplace and we never, you know, there still may be stuff from five to ten years ago we haven't found yet. Someday we'll find it. All right? Romans 5, by his blood, we are put right with God. It's because he paid for your sin and my sin that we're made right with God. Now, whether it's Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. In fact, how many of you open gifts on Christmas Eve? How many Christmas Day? All right. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Christmas Day. You're going to get a lot of gifts, right? Some of them are going to be very impersonal. Some of them are going to be like white elephants. They're going to be very impractical, right? They're not going to be the socks, right? Some of them will not fit. And some of you are going to open gifts and they'll be broken within 48 hours, all right? That's what's going to happen. But let me tell you about God's gift. God's gift is personal. God's gift to you, it is practical. You need this. God's gift to you is priceless. The Bible says you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. All the silver, all the gold in the world could not have redeemed you. But it took Jesus shed blood. It's priceless. And then God's gift for you, it is permanent. Right? Your greatest needs, forgiveness, relationships, a secure future, help in understanding your purpose, being made a new person on the inside, joy, peace, a secure future in heaven. Those are the things that God offers. But again, it has to be open. This week I was reading in the book of Exodus. Exodus and uh, the children of Israel into Egypt and Moses comes and there's the ten plagues, right? The frogs have come. And the Bible says there are frogs everywhere. The frogs, they, they covered the ground. The Bible says there were frogs in all of their cooking utensils. There were frogs in their bed. There were frogs everywhere. So Pharaoh calls Moses and he says, Moses, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, God's right. Please, I want the frogs to leave. So Moses says to Pharaoh, he says, I'm going to give you the honor of deciding when the frogs will leave. You tell me I'll pray and the frogs will leave whenever you want. Listen, Pharaoh said, pray that God takes away the frogs tomorrow. I really think that's the dumbest verse in the Bible. He said, I want to sleep with frogs one more night. I I want frogs in my cereal one more morning. I mean, like, why? Why? But listen, the devil always tells you to put it off. He always says, someday. But how many of you know someday never comes? In the future. When I'm older. When I do this. When I do that. But this is what the Bible says. Today is the day of salvation. Today is your day. Today, Hebrews says, if you hear his voice, don't say no. Don't harden your heart. Today is your day. The day for you to receive the gift that God has for you. The day to begin to live the good life that he prearranged and made ready for you. Would you please bow your heads for just a moment? Now, if you're here and you are away from God, this is what I mean. You look at your life and you say, I remember when I lived for God. I remember back when I would sense God's presence. I'd sense his pleasure. I knew I was right with God. But I have drifted away from the Lord and I need to come back. If that's you, this is for you. Or if you're here and you have known about God, but you have never received the gift that he has for you. To as many as receive him, to them he gives the right to be the children of God. It does no good for you to say, I believe Jesus was born 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem if you have not received him and he hasn't been born in your heart. So if you're in either of those conditions and you say, I want to get right with God today, I want you to listen very carefully. First of all, here, I'm going to count to three in just a moment. When I say three, I want you to lift your hand. When you lift your hand, you're not lifting it to me, you're lifting it to God. And we are going to pray and God's going to meet you right here in this place. And we're going to say amen. And when we say amen, you're going to be right with God. You're going to be forgiven. You're going to be on your way to heaven. He's going to make you a brand new person on the inside. So here's what you need to know. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. All of your efforts, all of your good works will not make you right with God. All my efforts, all my good works will not make me right with God one way and that's Jesus when you lift your hand you're saying first of all to God God I know I'm a sinner and need a savior I know there's only one savior that's Jesus and I'm coming to him today to be forgiven and to be saved one secondly as you lift your hand you're saying God I'm not going to live for myself anymore I'm receiving Jesus and I'm going to live for him every day two now get ready are you you're ready to lift that hand, some of you are one decision away from a new life. As you lift your hand, you're saying, God, today I'm receiving Jesus by faith. He's going to come into my heart. He's going to blood wash me from my sin. He's going to make me a new person on the inside, a part of your family on my way to heaven. Three, lift it up. Say, pray with me. Pray with me. I'm not where I should be, but I want to get right. I see that hand and 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 another Two more, another, and another, and another, and another, and another. Up in the balcony, thank you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Thank you. Two way in the back, another, and another. Back here, thank you, God bless you. More hands. Another hand way over here to my right. All right, would everybody please stand? Nobody moving unless it's absolutely necessary. Now, if you lifted your hand, would you look right at me? Would you please move to the aisle that's nearest you? Bring the person that you came with. Bring your Bible. Bring your coat. Bring whatever you've got to bring. But make your way right down here. God is going to meet us right here. We're going to pray. We're going to say amen in just a moment. When we say amen, your past, it's going to be gone. You're going to be right with God. He's going to come in your heart. He's going to make you a new person on the inside. No day to get right with God like today. The day that we celebrate, God came down to earth because he loved us. He redeemed us. He paid for our sin. If you're in the balcony, please, you come down. We'll wait for you. Make your way. This is your day. Jesus said, you confess me before men. I will confess you before my father who is in heaven. Awesome. Awesome. folks are coming down from the balcony yet, but let me just talk to you a minute. Romans 10 verse 13 This is what it says. It says, whosoever. This news is for everybody. The devil says not for you. He's a liar. It's for you. This will work for whosoever. So, so you are that whosoever, all right? This is what you need to do. The Bible says call on the name of the Lord. Now that's what we're going to do. The Bible, the way the Bible shows us to, we're going to call on his name. And then God makes you a promise. We'll be saved. That's a promise. All that you need to do is pray this from your heart. Turn from your old life, come into this new life, the good life that he's prepared and made ready for you to live. So when we say amen, you're going to be forgiven. Your past is going to be gone. You're going to be right with God. You're going to be a child of God. You're going to be part of the kingdom. You're going to be on your way to heaven. And we are excited for you. We are excited. All right. Now, everybody, would you take one hand, please, and place it over your heart? All right. Lift your other hand towards heaven. That's where our help comes from. Hold it. We've got a few more few more coming down from the balcony. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for coming down. Awesome. All right. Two more. Oh, wow. Awesome. All right. You know, this is why Jesus came. This is why he came. This is the greatest miracle that can take place. when Someone is made right with God. This is awesome. So take your hand, one on your heart, the other one towards heaven where our help comes from. Let's all repeat this prayer out loud and make these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe that he rose again. I receive him right now as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for blood washing me from my sin. That my past is gone. That you make me a new person on the inside. That I am a part of your family. A part of your kingdom. Today and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Wow! Awesome! Awesome! Thank you for listening to this series. For more information, call 616-534-4923 or visit us at reslife.org.